Good morning this morning, sir. Morning, man. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. The I'm Monday good. was off to a good... The week was off to a good, good start, uh, I'd like to believe for you. Always ah, Monday is a good day. <laughs> People think I smoke my socks when I say Monday is the smoke... Is the most exciting day of the week. It's it's not the smoke. Stitching is on the floor laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you there. Maybe with the odd ones out, I guess. Hey, there's something with, with us, eh? Hey, Somebody yeah. said you need prayer, young man. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's alright. But you know, many times we want to buy stuff, whether it's cars, uh, big property, land, the works. And I wonder if many of us actually understand the implications of interest rates. That we understand when is the when is the whole market favorable to us as buyers? Yeah. So when it when it comes to interest rates. There's many factors that, uh, that 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 come together, right? It's not just um, the market as well. As much as that is something that is completely outside of your control, uh, me and your control, right? Because that is covered by the Reserve Bank, and uh, when they're increasing and decreasing the repo rates and all of that, right? So that's one side of it. The other side is the part that you do have control over, which is your credit score, basically. That. That's when the bank is now looking at how how risky are you as a client, how risky are you as a customer to them. The higher the risk, the higher the interest rate that you'll likely get. But if you're showing to be a good credit payer, someone who's had um, consistent history of, of of some sort of debt that you've paid, um, you haven't utilized it, you haven't like utilized your debt to a point where it looks like you're trying to you need to survive using debt then that also assists you to getting a lower interest rate. So there's two parts to it. Now, credit score, it means you're a person who buys on credit and you have a healthy relationship with credit. Yeah. Then, if it so happens that the last time you had any usable information, for lack of a better word, in as far as a credit score is concerned, is 10 years ago. You bought something 10 years ago uh, on credit and you paid it well, but over time, it hasn't come to a point where you use credit, probably use cash. Uh, how does this work now in terms of uh, your credit worthiness and also in terms of you uh, scoring a favorable credit rate? And then, I mean, honestly rate. speaking, then there's just no, there's no history. There's no history of credit then um, you can't have a great credit score. Like if you start working, um, when you're someone who just started working and you go and check your credit score, it's 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 not going to be a good credit score because you don't have a history of um, of having some form of debt, something that um, a credit lender can rely on to say, okay, this person possibly is someone that I can rely on and I can give them X amount of an interest rate. If you're someone who hasn't opened any form of account or used any debt in the last 10 years um, and you're planning on buying a house or a car and you, which is now using credit, it's going to be really difficult for you to justify why you believe you need a lower interest rate. So as much as credit is something that um, historically we know as people to be something that pulls you down and drags you down, but it is something that can also pull you up. You just need to have the right financial education to know exactly how to use your credit to best um, assist you. Not this thing of 
where you get paid, for example, 15,000 rands a month, and then all, all the banks and all the credit lenders offer you credits up to 50,000 rands, and then you utilize all of it, and you live like you uh, earn 50,000 rands. That's not how it should be done. It should be done in a manner where you're earning this 15,000 rand a month, you're living within your means, and having you, you know that even though I can afford to buy something cash, here and there I'll buy things on credit and pay it over a three-month period, a six-month period, just so you can have that history, that record, so that when you do want to buy a house one day, there is some form of um, history that you have that can be relied on. It's like if you were to have a, a president, as an extreme example, you would never want to have a president who probably has zero political experience. You would look at their track record, maybe what positions they've held before, the influence that they've had in those positions, and then, and then ultimately you would be able to say, okay, I'm willing to vote for this person because of X, Y, and Z. So think about it the same way when a bank wants to lend you money to say, but I don't have any form of history to be able to judge you. So um, getting credit is not always a bad thing, just done with the right intention. So it's almost like invest in credit. <laughs> in a way, basically, yeah. Because one thing, especially about um, property, is that there's no way, there's no other form of asset class where the bank is willing to give you so much money um, that you actually do not have. They, they, they're risking, um, let's say, a million rands on you, hoping that you will pay it back with interest over time. So they're taking a big risk, so they will need to have some form of um, understanding with you, and which is what would be the agreement, and then also they need to be able to trust you, which is something they can see from your credit score. So people shouldn't jump around and say, Orata Skoloto, you like credit, you like Skoloto. Skoloto is yeah. actually good, depending on your relationship with your, your Skoloto. Yes, definitely. I, I agree with that because you having a good relationship with uh, money and being able to use debt can open up so many doors for you. It can save you. It can not only save you money in the form of paying um, additional interest, but it can also assist you in obtaining further credit to to build your property portfolio. Not everyone has a million rand lying around, but if the bank is willing to give you that, um, then take it. You know, take it as long as you understand exactly what you are doing, and that's where it comes. Important. That's why it becomes important and key to have the financial education to know what type of credit to take out and how to build your credit score. So obviously now, as you use the example of somebody starting out, uh, it would be a good idea that if you want to leave home, um, probably the first five years, depending on whether you behave well or not, you can negotiate with your parents to live at home, have credit like you've outlined, paid off in six months, in 12 months, uh, over a five-year period, have different kinds of credit to build up to a point where five years down the line when you want to buy, you've got a health, a favorable credit score. Definitely. Um, I 100% agree with that. And one thing I'd like to add to it actually is um, the amount of credit that you utilize. That's yes. something that's very important as well. So um, your, it's your utilization, the, the how you utilize your credit, the utilization rate of your credit is very important. So if you, as a simple example, again, have a credit facility of 10,000 rand, you should not 
um, use 9,500 every single month or max it out every single month because then it starts showing that you are dependent on credit to survive. So huh. not only is it important for you to, because even though you might be regularly paying your, the minimum amount that's required, however, it might show on, on the other side that you are someone who can't survive without this credit facility. That is something that you should prevent doing. So I would keep it at a maximum of 30 to 40% um, of the amount. So on a credit facility of 10,000 rands, 30 to 40% would be three to 4,000 rands. That's how much credit you're using and making those minimum monthly payments every time they are needed and never be late on those payments. Hey, that's the catch. That's the yeah. case. I know sometimes you might forget and it might be a payment, let's say, of 200 rand and you do have the money, but you just genuinely forgot. Um, that's, that can't be your excuse, you understand? So you really need to make sure you pay it on time, you pay the right amount, and you don't utilize too much of that credit facility that you have available. Behavior, behavior, behavior. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) But when you understand this well and you stick to the rules, this can work in your favor. 100%. Because when you do go to the bank and you want to get those car loans, home loans, the interest rate that you'll get will be at prime or prime minus in some cases. Um, You'll get prime minus one, prime minus two um, in some cases, depending on obviously on how good your credit score is. Um, and if you're able to save on the interest payments over the years, like it really, it really will, it really, really will be a large saving. And like someone who has a has an average or a bad credit score, um, they might end up paying more than double the interest rate that double the interest that you will pay. Yeah, interest rates, credit scores, one oh one. This is a fantastic lecture, I have to tell you. And. Um, Moving right along, uh, obviously you're in the market looking for a place to stay, looking for property to buy. Uh, what's the difference? Please share with us the, the terms, buyer's market, seller's market. What is what? What's going on here? So your buyer's market is, sim- simply put, it's when me as uh, someone who's looking to purchase a home, um, I have an advantage because there's not a lot of people selling homes so that's when there's more buyers than there are people who want to sell homes so then in this case i have an advantage and my advantage is i'm able to negotiate um i'm I'm able to negotiate um a much lower price than when it's a seller's market i think i actually just mixed up the, the the description of the two so let me rephrase when it's a buyer's market as a buyer you have more negotiating power than the person who's selling the home. When it's a seller's market, you are able to dictate more of the price and charge slightly higher premium of the property because there's a high demand for property at the moment. Um, Currently in South Africa, um, we were seeing a buyer's market um, for the past couple of years, I believe. We were seeing a buyer's market where as a buyer, the opportunity for you to negotiate a lower price for property was there and properties were always getting um, chopped from the asking price and getting sold at a much lower asking price. And something I've noticed actually over the past six months or so is things started seeming to be 
switching around. Um, maybe that's possibly because of the low interest rate. So there's many more people who are able to buy. Therefore, there's more buyers and um, and then properties, property prices actually seem to grow rather than shrink, which is what something, which is what a lot of experts were expecting. So, so the, this would make it a seller's market then? Sorry? If you have more buyers now, as you say, in the last six months, yeah. this would make it a seller's market because... Uh, Definitely. You know, yeah. Definitely, because if you buy, if you're selling your property and there's more people interested in buying in your area, then you have less reason to negotiate a lower price. You have, you are most likely to get whatever you're asking for. And if you're lucky, you might get a situation where two buyers are bidding for the property price. You wanted to sell it for 1 million, you end up selling it for 1.1 million. Just because um, there's so many people looking for property and there's not enough property on the market to, to meet the demand. If I'm not so financially savvy, Brand uh, Laganipo, how do I, where or how do I find this information that tells me that uh, it is a buyer's market? Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, this is this is something that someone needs to uh, have the willingness to do to go and find the information because there's no set book or website you can go to or read up on where you'll find all the information. Um, what I would recommend is to just use all social media platforms available because that's the most easily available and readily available information we can find where you search for um, key terms uh, that you're interested in. So, for example, property. And you'll see a lot of people who post about property and the financial education that will assist you in this buying process of yours. So I have a YouTube channel. It's called Ntagani Pondombela. Um, definitely, I have a lot of videos that I've posted personally, and there's many other South African content creators as well who do the same. So that's definitely one of the easiest and most entertaining way, I think, of getting educated financially right now. Yeah, my man, you're speaking the language that many of us want because hey, it's hard to find this information. Um, yeah. When you are selling how long is too long to keep your house on the market so that question will also depend on how urgent you need the sale so the urgency of you needing to sell your house will depend first will also help um, the agents who's assisting you in listing the property for the for the amount so if you need an urgent sale like you need to sell as in yesterday, you are most likely to list your property at a price where um, it would be enticing for buyers to come in and buy within a week. And I've seen sales happen within three, four days. It's definitely possible. You just need to price your property correctly. If your property is worth a million rand and you price it at a million rand and you hope to sell it within three days, that's highly unlikely to happen. What I've seen is, they usually have to drop the price slightly to entice people to come in and view the property and feel like they just got a bargain and sign on the dotted line immediately. However, if you have, if you if you're not in a position where you are desperate or there's an urgent need to sell to sell, then you can hold on a bit longer and you can say, okay, I know my property is worth it's worth a million rand. I'm going to keep it on the market until someone comes in and sees the value 
and is able to purchase it as well at that value. That can take um, the time there can differ. It can be a month. It can be a week. It can be six months even. It just depends on the area you're in and the demand of people wanting to buy property in that specific area. Yeah. How about from experience, uh, you know, how many, in fact, uh, from your experience, uh, how many people are willing to take a loss on a property um, when they're selling it? Example, if I have a five million rand house that I want to sell, uh, you know, how much am I willing to give up? How much can I give up which is safe? The mo- I've seen the most. I've seen people really give up when they really want to sell. They you usually want to start by getting rid of the bond that they owe. Um, so they're willing to sell at at a minimum of the amount that they owe to the bank, so that when they do sell, they don't still owe the bank. However, in some situations, it's, it's it doesn't work out that way, um, and people have different situations, different circumstances. They might want to upgrade their home. Um, where they're living and they don't mind owing the bank a hundred thousand rands after selling their house. They're just really desperate to leave because uh, they have they're, they're growing their family and uh, maybe they're relocating. And if you relocate to a new job and you're desperate to sell so you can buy a new home where you're going, you might be willing to take a loss sometimes. So sometimes people really do take um, 50% off. That's the most personally, personally I've seen where a property was worth around 800,000 and the owner probably sold it for 450 if I'm not mistaken. Um, the property was fully paid off and he was just desperate for cash at that given moment in time. I'm not sure the reasons behind it, but it did sell for 450 and it was in a pretty bad condition. So maybe that also um, contributed towards, um, towards that. So the, the thing of property increasing in value over time is generally true. However, you do see instances where um, owners have to sell their property at a huge loss. And it's very unfortunate. I need to learn how to tell if people are desperate so I can buy from them and <laughs> run away from those who are not because uh, they're going to charge me more. But yeah, Zagari, yeah. always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for the education because we really, really do need it, many of us. We look forward to checking out to your YouTube, and of course also um, chatting with you again next week, same time. All right, thank you, man. Thank yeah. you so much, Mdaka Have a great day. That's a button. Tlangani puzzle there. Don't tlangani pon dumbbell. Hey, we live and learn.